Alright, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. And we're getting ready for the Big Ten play as we're coming into the week of Michigan versus Penn State. And so we've got a lot of great information here. Uh, Craig and I, uh, personally, uh, before we even get into it, I feel like this is going to be uh, one of our best preview episodes of the year. I just feel like got a lot of good information going on in this one. But before we get into the Michigan football talk, we'll go ahead and talk fantasy football for a minute here. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. yeah and, three leagues, man. Got three going and trying to juggle all of them and you know and then me and caleb uh, let the fans know we're in a dynasty league which is kind of its whole new concept of fantasy football in itself so it's uh you really got to look like two to three years like forward in order to build a team so a little bit different concept yeah well I feel like the cleveland browns because i feel like i'm building but i don't feel like i'm getting anywhere <laughs> each and every year i mean it's it's been what i think it's been three years now or something like that anyways whatever it is i'm not doing very good actually i'm only in one this year usually i'm in yeah. two or three but i just um uh, i'm only in two in your league and i'm scoring over 100 points and i'm one of those guys where if you play me you do really well and then oh, you stink the rest of the year you know what i mean oh yeah no that's that's me too like I, yeah. that was me last year i had that thing but then I thought that was me this year too. But you, you got me beat. We're both zero and two. I saw in the league, but yeah. you definitely have. Because I, I think I have. Oh, what was it? I've got a hundred and uh, ninety points for something like that. And the opponents, of course, barely score more than I do. But you, man, you scored a ton, and everyone's just squeaking past you. <laughs> Now it's driving me nuts, man. I'm going, I got a really good team. And some people, they got an okay team and they still beat me. I'm, let's put this way all my guys that are doing well are on the bench. Oh, uh, yeah. So I put the guys, I like move things around and go, okay, I've got a good matchup. I know what their defense is like. And then the bench scores like a boatload. And then the guy I'm playing does nothing. Oh, so, yeah. Well, my, my, activating. Yeah, mine, my team always does well enough where it's just kind of like, okay, you have your last player. If they do really well, you you can win, but I always get let down. But also, it's not so much that my players on my bench do better. It's usually just that I have to have every single best player on my team in the game. If I don't yeah. do that, I don't win. Like, I, I have no options. There are no reserve options. There's no, like, oh, I have two really good tight ends to choose from to put in, uh, you know, which one's going to do better. No, it's like, okay, which random tight end do I have is just going to happen <laughs> to have that great week. Right. Or you could have like, like I've got three good, pretty dang good quarterbacks, but the one I put on the bench does better. And then I switch them and it, the one on the bench always does better. So I'm like, and you know what? I'm also just keep one guy. Uh, you know, why even have three good ones? Might as well have just maybe one good one and just keep playing them. Oh, Sooner yeah. or later, they're going to do well, right? So, someday, eventually. Well, uh, I'm proud of myself, uh, pat myself on the back a little bit, because I have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And yeah. I, I picked him up at the very beginning. He was my uh, third QB yep. that I picked up. And I, if Belichick has faith, faith in him, I was just like, I'll have some faith yeah. in him. And uh turns out that he's doing pretty good. So hopefully... Maybe in a few years or something with this dynasty league, he'll be like the next Tom Brady. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's been there a while, so, you know, he's probably going to do take over for Brady. So, you know, you never know. But yeah, I've got, like, Aaron Rodgers, and i got Big Ben, and I keep switching those guys around, and the guy that's on the bench seems to score more. So, Oh, yeah. I might have to go with just whatever I think. Don't do it. <laughs> or you might. Uh, just kind of like, I think I should play this. No. I'll have to have somebody else do it for me. I'll maybe yeah. I'll wife kind of do with it for me. It's a better, she I was might just, be better at than me. So. I was just going to say that have your wife do it or do that March Madness stuff where you just like throw stuff up in the <laughs> air or you like throw darts at a board or. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad we're not playing for money, dude. We'd probably be not even having the show. We'd be so mad at each other. Oh, yeah. Everybody would be mad at each other. Think how it's thing for money, man. When money's involved, people are pissed. People get well, really when, pissed, though. When money's involved, I do worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's like a guarantee. If if I could bet on that, you know, betting when money's involved that I would do worse, I would probably yeah. make a lot of money that way. But Yeah, um, we're down the street. I mean, he invites me every year. He says, hey, look, man, <laughs> I want you to join in my fantasy. Like, I'm like, sweet. And he keeps, and it's the hundred dollar league. You have, like, you have to fork up four hundred dollars, and then you got to pay like what twenty five dollars for each for, to get that player. And I'm Whoa. like, you freaking kidding me? I'm not, oh. you know, no, it's like an auction. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And if I did, my wife would kill me. And oh, if, yeah. And if I did it, and I, there's no way out of it, my wife would go, "You better win, or you're, you're, you know, we're done, or you're dead." <laughs> so, yeah. I go, nah, that's all right, man. That's just too much pressure for me. No, not doing it. I'm no. too broke for that. No, and I'm, no. Yeah. And this job doesn't pay well. <laughs> no. You and you, you can bring that up with our uh, supervisor after the yeah. show if you want. Yeah, well, tell him we need raises, man. I'll try to mention that to him. He's been pretty busy, so. Can we have a producer? Hey, can you get a raise over here? No, nothing. Oh, well. No, no raise even for overtime. But um, out uh, beyond the uh, scope of fantasy football, we we want to and we want to get into the talk of uh, the actual Michigan game this week. Uh, exciting to get into the Big Ten play. So we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this intro up and transition into the Michigan football talk for this week. Okay, well, a lot to be said, a lot of great information gathered together and ready to talk Michigan versus Penn State football. So we've got um, we've had some interesting games so far. Uh, we definitely uh, had our fill to talk about last week with the um, interesting game that was Colorado, but Penn State is coming in. Uh, I'll give a little background here so that everybody uh, can be a little bit more aware. Penn State is coming in at currently 2-1. and one. They've been Kent State, they lost to Pitt, and then they beat Temple. By seven. Yeah. Temple was not a very big win, and they didn't. It wasn't a big loss to Pitt. It was a close, it was a three-point game. But uh, as what as many if not all of you should know Michigan is coming in 3 and 0 beating Hawaii, UCF and Colorado. Since the season is still yet young, I will mention some things from last year just to give you a um 
insight into where these teams are coming from. Penn State was seven and six last year, four and four in the conference. They did play four ranked teams. Of course, surprisingly enough, they lost all of those four games. And then their loss outside of that was to Temple. I believe the rank the ranked teams were Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Northwestern. I think they played Northwestern while they were ranked. So the Michigan was ten and three last year, six and two in the conference, played four ranked teams. They only lost two of them and also lost to Utah, but we do recall that Utah did wind up making its way into the top twenty five later in the year. Mm-hmm. So that was um, some of their stuff last year. We were talking right before we got going just a little bit about the scheme that Penn State's running. Uh, Craig, do you want to fill everybody in kind of what they've been up to this year? Yeah, let's kind of dig in a little bit to where I think where Penn State's got their strength and where their weaknesses, obviously. We'll talk about injuries with them, but um, basically their offense is – it's not going to – look – Franklin's changed it. It's a new scheme this year, a uh, new offensive scheme. It's a kind of like a kind of a spread, a no huddle. It's a definitely a no huddle. So you're not going to see any huddling. It's going to be run up to the line and then go. So they're a very up tempo way about them. Uh, they obviously don't bode well with against the running this year. They're actually pretty bad. I think they're probably one of the worst running teams in the country. But they're actually one of the best passing teams in the country. So I think they. They're like 17th in the in in college football, so not bad. I think they're almost at a thousand yards of passing. That's pretty crazy, uh, being what this fourth three games in. Basically, their run scheme is really really simple, man. If you're thinking you're going to see some power, some um, ISOs, any things like that, where Penn State's going to like you know start pulling tight ends and moving the blocking and things like that, you're not going to see it. Uh, they're basically a simple kind of zone inside, outside, here and there, but it's pretty simple running scheme. But, uh, yeah, their offensive style is uh, spread, so you're going to see that coming up the line, and I think they're going to kind of take the playbook out of what uh, Colorado did and look for their, kind of the middle um, middle of the field that Colorado burned us with. But we're going to, you know, we'll talk about, you know, some of the other things on how I think we're going to be able to stop that so we're gonna have to watch out for that um i just think they got a pretty good passing team so that's what their strength is they've got some interesting numbers you were saying that they were close to a thousand yards uh believe it's just a little below 900 yep I, i got it right here um but then just some numbers to throw at you just for comparison to see where uh penn state's at and where michigan's at i've got some stats here average points per game Penn State has been averaging 35.5. Michigan's at 53. Mm-hmm. A big difference between the two teams is the uh, point difference. But uh, Penn State's been averaging uh, 8.6. Michigan is 38. A sub- so a substantial oh. difference yep. there. Uh, you were talking about passing yards. Uh, they ha- they've been primarily, like you said, a passing team. They have more yards than Michigan does. Uh, their rushing yards are uh, 335, averaging just over three yards a carry. And Michigan is 593, so almost breaking the 600 mark, averaging 4.9 yards a carry. Wow. So yep. they've got a sophomore quarterback, and he's his stats are not, for being a 
primarily passing team. They don't have the greatest stats for their quarterback. I'll dive into that a little bit here. He's, um, like I said, he's a sophomore, Trace McSorley. He's only got 64% completion, and he's... Yeah, not not too bad. Nothing horrible or anything. He's got he's averaging around nine yards an attempt, but he's four touchdowns to two interceptions. Yeah. yeah. So kind of the interesting thing is, even though they're primarily a passing team, a lot of their touchdowns have been coming on the ground game. Yeah, so. and they both one of the best actually. Well, probably one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, and that uh, Saquon Bar- Barkley. I mean, the guy's a good, good running back. In fact, I thought he would be probably one of the big, best Big Ten running backs coming out uh, this year. And, you know, they just haven't done that because I think they, you know, when they switched over to this kind of this spread uh, hybrid thing that Franklin has going, that they kind of stacked the box and they stopped him. So, you know, I, you know, we, that's somebody. You know, I don't want us Michigan fans and the Michigan coaches to kind of like sit back and go, well, the guy, they can't run on us and they're really awful at it. But remember, they got a really good running back. So we got to be careful that, you know, they might switch it up on us. So um, yeah. that's always something that they could always expose that we, you know, do a cover or we <laughs> do a cover out and then, you know, and then we're not stopping the run so we got to be kind of careful even though they're going with a simple plan at the running back position so yeah well uh talking about Barkley he is only sophomore as well so I mean if Penn State keeps these guys they're gonna get some good experience and probably have some good players in the next couple years but he broke their freshman season record for rushing yards uh getting over a thousand rushing yards last year and he's already over 250 this year and is averaging over five yards a carry. Yeah, that's really good. So yeah. he, he they definitely do have a capable running back. They just don't have the best running game. Now, uh, yeah. they've been through not that big of a gauntlet of games, but I would imagine uh, they wouldn't have reserved anything in the fact that they've had some close games, especially since they've lost one. I would feel that they would throw everything they've got on the field to try to uh, get to a three and zero record, so I don't think it's really anything that they're trying to hold back. But yeah, if you if you give him a shot, he he could definitely burn you. So yeah, you know, yeah, and they got a really good receiver. I mean, we're talking Penn State. You know, if anybody follows recruiting, they do pretty well. They're always in the top what fifteen to top twenty in recruiting. So they're not uh, <laughs> they're not not getting bad players. They got really good players. So it just might be you know the scheme or the coaching. So and I'd say the scheme that they're actually running now that they just introduced is going to take time for them to develop. You know, obviously we know about switching over a scheme to a pro style to a spread. Um, and that it takes boy a long, long time to get that going. But um, that's kind of in Michigan's favor that they just introduced it this year. So I think they're just feeling it out. You know, like I said, uh, the running game is going to be very vanilla, <laughs> if I could kind of put a name to it. So it's not going to be anything outlandish, but uh, I think uh, coaches know that and they're going to be ready for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so, um, so some other interesting details to go over. Um, third down conversion, yeah. uh, Penn State is only at 27%, uh, completing 9 of 33 third downs. 
Yep. On the defensive side for Michigan, Michigan has only been allowing just over 10% of third downs to be completed. That's four of 38. So, so number one against versus number one. <laughs> it, yeah, it's pretty much like, well, I don't have the exact numbers, but you're looking at probably the best third down defense in the Big Ten going against the worst third down offense in the Big Ten. So, uh, yeah, but, but for yeah, but for Michigan, uh, they're completing almost 50%. They're at 48% for third downs. They've completed 20 of 41. So uh, there's some information for the third downs. Of course, you know, you have to look. One one thing that you are always kind of interested in, turnover margin, the turnovers for the teams. Michigan has had one interception and one fumble. Everyone knows about the fumble going back for the touchdown last week. And then, of course, uh, Spate's first play as a starter was an interception. But then uh, Penn State has kind of got an ugly thing going for turnovers because just in three games, like I said, the quarterback had two interceptions. But they've had six lost fumbles. That's not just how many fumbles they've had. They've had six lost fumbles. Yeah, Yeah. that could be a real long day for them. You don't yeah. shore that up. So, yeah. Yeah, that is something that our defense could definitely capitalize on is uh, maybe getting some turnovers and everything because yeah. Penn State has not had a lot of luck at that. Another interesting number that I do want to point out because I've something that we haven't really talked about yet with Michigan uh, that has been, I wouldn't put it on level of concern yet, but I would put it on being a nuisance, being a bother, being annoying, however you want to say it. The penalties for Michigan. Yeah. Michigan has not played altogether disciplined football. Uh, some games better than others, but in the past week or maybe two weeks, they've had some bad penalties that should have been avoided. But surprisingly, Michigan's been 10 penalties for only 94 yards. And so going into this game, Penn State is 16 penalties for 152 yards. So even though Michigan, I feel, has struggled a little bit with it, Penn State's coming in with uh, having the worst numbers on their record for that. Yeah, that's yeah, like you said, it's discipline. But yeah, you're right. I think that was, especially in the Colorado game. I think there was a lot of like uh, positive yardage or some big plays by us, and then it was totally um, nilled by a bad penalty. So it didn't even you know help us to do that. So. Yeah, we have to almost shore that up and, you know, and obviously things like that. It's just like you said, discipline. You just got to be more disciplined on what, the way you're going to. I think we had, what, some face masks and things like yeah, that. that really there was, us. Yeah. yeah, there was uh, some, you know, the typical false start offsides. There was uh, hands, uh, illegal hands to the face. Yeah. So, yeah, it, and it's. It is good to be having that happening now and being able to identify and point it out and be like, hey, you know, we can't do this. I mean, we can we can do it and win now, but in other games against other opponents, we know we won't be able to get away with doing that because it will hurt us too much. And, and something like that could totally change momentum in a game. I mean, I'll go back to last year, and you and I talked a lot about it, where not saying that we would have won the game. This is not saying it was an excuse for winning the game, but I think it definitely caused the margin – the point margin to increase was when Michigan played Ohio and they had that penalty on that punt Mm -hmm. and Michigan was going to get the ball back, but then they ran into the kicker and 
Ohio got the ball back and went right down the field and scored. Yep. That yeah. that one was play. a big blow. Yeah. yeah. You do one play could take the wind out of you the whole game. So we gotta gotta be careful on you know Michigan never recovered almost from that either. So. But yeah. uh, those are the things we're talking about where we got to be careful with. So, but yeah, I mean, we're talking Penn State is, I mean, they're no joke. I mean, they've got, they're still working things out, but, you know, they have the best, one of the best passing defenses in the country. I mean, they're top 25. So the running, they're not very good at stopping. So, but their passing is, defense is no joke. So we got to be careful. And that's where you're going to see Spate going to have to, if you thought Colorado was difficult to throw on, you're going to have to really get used to now Penn State, and this will really show where Spate is going to be mature-wise as far as uh, at the quarterback level for Michigan and how he's going to play a tough opponent like them. So, they're yeah, no joke. It'll be interesting to see if, since Michigan will be able to capitalize with the run more, if we'll be able to use that to our advantage and get them to bite on the run, do some play action and things like that, and maybe open up the passing game. Because that's one thing that you haven't really seen in the past two weeks. A little bit more last week, obviously, because we had more rushing yards against Colorado. But the running game wasn't substantial enough to where you feel like it took the pressure off of the passing game. Yeah, no, you're right. So you might be able to do that this week. We might be able to get enough productivity on the running game that it will help relieve some of the pressure from the defense on the passing game. We'll kind of have to wait and see, but that's kind of why I'm hoping for with their difference in their passing defense to their rushing defense. Yeah, and what will be interesting is you'll see this in the very beginning, and then you know maybe I'll just kind of do my – my opinion is, and I kind of tweet or texted you about it, is you'll be able to see a team and what they're doing from the very beginning and how they're going to approach this game. And it comes down to if you see uh, that we can't run the ball very well, that means either they're stacking the box or they got eight in the box or something like that. So, you know, like you mentioned about me, sometimes we're going to have to either kick it to the outside of that to make our big plays like uh, Davion Smith did and do some things like that, which actually worked. Um, but my thing is this, and is the team will start to say, I, we, we want, we still don't believe in spade, the other team. Uh, and they're going to say, Hey, I still don't believe that this guy can win this game for us. Um, Cause he was shaky against Colorado. He wasn't great. So, those are the things I'm talking about where they actually, a team will look at Spade and say, hey, this guy is okay. He's not that great. I want to see if he can still win this game despite uh, anything else. Um, I, I mean, have you yet to see that yet? I mean, in Spade? Uh, yeah, a Spade. Yeah, Spade when, it, you know, I, I see teams looking at Spade and I, almost like they don't believe that he's actual. Um, quarterback like that they think they can win the game for us you know what i mean they don't well they, i they're not afraid of them i guess you can say so they they challenge him i i hope that that's what they think and i'm definitely comfortable if that's what they think because i i think spate is great and better than people kind of understand and anticipate because something right. too with last week is that 
Spay messed up big at the okay first game he played he threw an interception um no points were scored off of it you know no big deal we weren't down and he got his head on straight and he did fine last week though we were down by seven and he got hit he fumbled and we wound up being down by 14 yeah if if anything can get into somebody's head i would think that would I mean, he got knocked around, uh, he got beat up, and mentally it it could have, you know, messed with him, torn him apart and everything. But right. he didn't quit. He didn't give up, and he was able to fight through it, and mm-hmm. he put together some big plays. And, and also, he wasn't uh, – he started off not passing very well even right after that. Now, he was smart enough not to throw interceptions – or right. sometimes fortunate enough not to throw interceptions, but then he got his act together and yeah. he fought through it. That is something that I don't know if um, if teams are really recognizing at how well he did because it was 14-0, and then the only reason we kind of got back into things was because of a special team touchdown. Yeah. So technically, I mean, if you want to look at the offense productivity, it was twenty-one-zero after the first quarter. Yeah. Our well, offense, them saw, yeah, like you said, special teams and it counted for seventeen points. It's a yeah. lot of points. Yeah. So, our offense didn't do anything in the first quarter. Right. And I would imagine he knew that and he realized that, mm-hmm. but he still was able to keep it together and he did. Uh, he finished the game off strong. So I think that he's better than pe- some people realize. I mean, I think a uh, majority of the Michigan fan base uh, agree that he's doing pretty well, even though that some yeah. crazy people were saying that they wanted to see O'Corn last week yeah, and just crazy. the first quarter or the second quarter. I don't know. I mean, you know. Anyways, yeah. that that is what it is. So, but uh, I've got I've got a lot of good things to say about Spate. I think he's doing well, and yeah. um, I th- I think that he'll get better and better throughout the season. I mean, it's just kind of like uh, when Rudolph came in. I mean, it was his first yep. year being a starter, and you could see him progressively get better. And Spate's already started off strong, but you're kind of seeing him go through things. He hasn't really gotten better and better so far, um, but you've you've seen things that he can build mm-hmm. off of. So. Yeah, I think he's very, like you said, I think he's just going to get better and better. Like, I think he is a person... And the coaches are going to do a really good job of uh, teaching. He's going to be very teachable. And I think you're going to start seeing maybe in this game um, that maybe the coaches are like, hey, you know what, let's start using the third, the fourth receiver. Let's try to get Perry involved. Let's start getting McDoom involved. Um, Let's see if you could uh, throw it to the other tight end. Rather, I know they're a blocking tight end, but, you know, maybe – Besides just Darbo and Chesson and, and Jake Butt, those three guys, you know, maybe get the fullback involved. So maybe the running back, somebody, you know, somebody that's going to help them out when the pocket breaks down a little bit more that can open the field up. So, um, but yeah, I think you're going to see maybe some of that happening. I'd like to see the middle of the field used more, not the, just the sidelines. And I thought a lot of his long throws were sideline to sideline when they actually could have. And, you know, and you saw that when he threw that one ball towards the middle with Perry. You know, if he would show that more, I think we could burn Penn State pretty well. And 
I don't think they're going to know what to do with that. So that might be something that's in uh, Jim Harbaugh's arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that I think is going to work out great for us is just that the coaching staff knows how to attack these teams. And if the game plan isn't perfect at the beginning of the game, yeah. after halftime, the adjustments that they'll make adjustments during the game, but I think bigger adjustments at halftime, I think, they are on top of it, and you saw it with the Colorado game, and that is one thing that we didn't see in years past. I, I mean, there were specific games, terrible ones, where it's you know it's really bad when the opposing team's fans talk about what they're worried about when they play Michigan. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is, this is our weakness. Our defense really needs to crack down on this because if Michigan keeps doing this over and over again, we could really get exposed and yada 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 when their fans say that and michigan comes out and doesn't do a single play that was that were their weakest links right that that shows you something that's just uh, i can't remember what year it was and what opponent exactly what it was but it was just it made me sick seeing what some fans were saying that they were scared michigan was going to come out and do Watched the entire game and Michigan didn't even do it one time. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So let me throw a question out at you. And this has been a big, I don't know about a controversy, but it's a kind of like a concern with a lot of Michigan fans is, you know, obviously Spate being our quarterback this year, you know, first of all, this is a squash, all that Jim Harbaugh loves, loves him. He's going to stick with him. So let's just keep that. And you guys can take that, and that's just the way it's going to be. So, but let's take the running aspect out in this. Um, I think that we're going to do a better job running in this game. I really do. Um, obviously, Colorado did what they did as far as like stacking the box and you know stopping the run as best that they could. Now, let's talk about you know when you saw that that they were obviously. I want to saw you know that a lot of our fans were saying like gaping holes that you saw on the sideline that maybe our running backs aren't seeing, you know what I mean? The vision that to see those and actually be able to find those. Um, what do you have to say about that? I mean, well, uh, I honestly think that the blocking went a lot better this past week. Um, and actually, I don't know so much about the holes formed and everything, but just mm -hmm. uh, the the small openings even it doesn't have to be anything huge but the blocking was better and it's it, it was unusual because it seemed like the running backs just did a better job of following their blockers now of course maybe their blockers were doing substantially better on the outside but that's that's you know what you want to see on the inside where both the blockers are doing their job but then also the running backs are following the blockers yeah and that's we haven't seen that combination yet. You know where both things are working. Um, I mean, do you see them like being that is they're they're relying too much on like when you're you know, it's almost like I always see them as when they hike the ball. I'm expecting almost every time when I watch it is the running back's going to follow the blockers, which they should. But you know what I mean. But there's times where. You know, they are actually just pushing and there's nothing there. And the, when there's nothing there, it's the running back's vision and their uh, talent that takes them to a level of saying, hey, you know, there's nothing there. You know, I need to look 
at the whole field. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, maybe the vision isn't quite there yet. Or we, you know, we're still working that out or each, I said, maybe each running back has their unique style. Davion Smith is a great running back. He's got decent speed, but, um, great power, you know? Yeah. And then you got Ty Isaac, who's got some power. He runs upright a little bit too much. You know, I'd like to see him get a little bit lower. And then you get Evans, scat back, very fast. He's got some pretty good vision. But um, you know what I mean? Where they're following the blockers, they're relying on the blocking way too much. Yeah, well, um, yeah, each one's definitely got their own thing going. Like, Davion Smith can make things happen because he is that powerful. And he trucks uh, hard enough against players. And then sometimes his spins get uh, players off of him and everything. Evans, I think, it has better vision and better patience than most of the he's running young. backs that we have. Yeah, yeah. he's like he's young, so yeah, gotta be well, patient. With it. <laughs> yeah, and he just waits to see something rather than diving in headfirst. It's a dynamic range of things. I think it's nice that we have that the range of running backs that you will see certain instances in a game or certain opponents that we'll be playing against even where it's going to cater to one of our specific running backs. Yeah. There will be be games where Davion, you can go in there and you're going to have a great game. You're going to get the most rushing yards. Other games, I mean, there was the first one with Hawaii where the leading rusher was Evans, and there might be another instance with that. I mean, he's got the speed, he's got the vision, and he's got a great outside run. So if you were saying uh, this way, I believe you were, it's just each one has their own specific way of doing things. I think the problem with the running game is not all on the running backs. It's just getting that combination, the connection with the blocking and the rushers on the same page. It's not as easy as one, two, three. Yeah. So and we and just I, talked about that on Twitter, on Twitter, you know, and you know what I want to say to some of those guys is, hey, you know, look, the blockers weren't even blocking all the way, to you know, throughout the whole play, the extended play, you know, and you saw that when Devion had that huge run to the outside for a touchdown, is the continuing blocking that everybody did, and that's exactly what we need to do: is keep blocking, um, and, and just seeing that. Uh, saw a highlight of that that was great i you know i think we need to do more of that and not just you know quick blocks and then we're done yep no i agree i agree so so um, yeah that was my thing and you know let's all right let's talk about um, some other aspects i mean i think also let's talk about why i think i'm very hopeful for this game we got um obviously we got peppers which is great, but we also, you know, we heard that uh, Jordan Lewis is going to play and probably Taco Charlton. So those are two big, big, big names, and um, I'm very excited to have them to see. I think you're going to see Lewis maybe in the slot, and if he's not, then uh, Demonte Thomas and <laughs> Delano Hill is going to have to do a better job of blocking <laughs> or covering. So. Well, I think he'll play. I haven't heard as much about Taco, so I'm not sure how much he'll be involved, but that's definitely good to hear. I mean, it might just be sparse, you know. I mean, it, maybe maybe they've been waiting until they're both, like, completely ready to be fully committed at their uh, positions, or maybe 
it'll be a slow ease into things, but it'll definitely be interesting to watch. But yeah, that's that will be big for us if that works out for us. On the opposite side of things, speaking of injuries, Penn State has some key injuries that might affect their performance because, like we were discussing, their linebacking core is banged up. Yep, and that might help, like you were saying, with the run. So, Yeah, and they've, they have three linebackers, two with knee issues, one with wrist issue that are questionable. Uh, well, I'm sorry, actually one is out for the season, and the other two are questionable for the game. So their linebacking core is banged up. But also, this I don't think is much to to say for it, uh, but their star running back, you know, Barkley that we were talking about before, was actually injured last game uh, with an ankle injury, but I I don't think it's going to be that major. I mean, I, I pulled up an injury report for both teams, and uh, they had Wilton Spate on our injury report because he got banged up, like you even said, in the shoulder last week. Shoulder. But that was at the beginning of the game, and he played the whole game. Mm-hmm. And so Barkley, I think that was something that he played through part of the game and everything. So that is that could really kind of hurt Penn State, uh, depending on if uh, anything worse ha- comes from it. But I anticipate that Barkley will be on the field. So Yeah, me too. So, yeah. And it's good to have Lewis, like you said. We're not sure where they're going to put him. I don't know, you know, them, if they're going to put him in that corner, back at corner, or in the slot. But we'll see. I mean, they're going to pretty much put them on. The, he's, he's probably going to end up putting him on the fastest receiver. <laughs> so, you know, because you know, obviously we got burned last week. Um, uh, Demonte Thomas and Delano Hill got burned, and sort of peppers. So, you know what? But the thing is with Colorado, and I, you know, was interesting is they did a lot of play action. So and that's why you know it stuttered them. Uh, so they w- weren't reacting very fast, and that's why we got burned. So we'll see what Penn State does this time. Um, and it's good to have Lewis back. So we're really excited to have him. Yeah, for sure. And um, speaking of putting him on receivers two receivers to be watching for with uh penn state would be uh godwin and hamilton yeah they've got two junior uh wide receivers that are pretty solid for their team hamilton is actually seventh all time in receptions for penn state uh they're both averaging over 11 yards per reception so but the but the thing that goes hand in hand with receivers is you have to have the capable quarterback so I think the pressure that we'll be able to apply that that will throw a wrench in their passing game. I mean they'll still right. they'll still find success in everything, but I think that we'll be able to cause problems for them. And I our defense is probably gonna be something different than they've seen from Kent State, Temple and Pitt. So I mean Pitt's Pitt's a uh relatively legit team. Yep. So I would kind of I don't know. I mean, this is me on the outside looking in. I haven't really broken it down, but I would say, you know, a Pitt Colorado game would be pretty interesting. So no, yeah, that would be cool. We've both we've both been tested to a certain level. I'm not gonna try to talk anybody up really a whole lot, but right. Um, I mean, Penn State's always a a tough team, home or on the road. Usually on the road, they they know how to do things. Uh, make things a little bit more intense when you play at Penn State in Happy Valley. But a lot of things in Michigan's favor for this week. 
Yeah, we'll see what, even if, um, you know, can you know, our special teams and Allen can kind of get his head on straight this game than he did last game. Um, well, one of the things we have to know about him is he's only, he's probably a handful of kickers in the college football that does all, uh, what, two to three uh, facets of the game. He does the punting too. So in the kicking, he does it all. Yeah. <laughs> so usually, you know, a lot of college football teams don't have that. They have a punter and they have a kicker. So, and yeah, he does it all. So, um, it just shows you how faith, much faith uh, Harbaugh has in him, and he's our best we got. So yeah, he just that... had an off night. He, like you said, he just had an off day. So hopefully it's shored up. Yeah, well, that uh, that is for sure because he had mess ups, uh, mistakes last week. But mm-hmm. then uh, that's one thing that Penn State has been pretty solid on is their kicking has been pretty good, which I'm pretty sure in the past couple of years they haven't had a very good kicking game. Uh, but this year they've been uh, it's been spot on there a hundred percent for their uh, field goals and everything so right it would be nice to see that step up there for our field goal percentage to go up but we'll we'll see and have to watch that as the season goes on yeah should be a good game yeah yep and the uh kickoff time is a uh, it's gonna be another 330 game so we gotta enjoy some uh good noon games before that saw that um yeah there should be an interesting slate of games, but I mean, we've discussed it and everything, but kind of specifically targeting what Craig, do you think will be strengths and weaknesses for both teams? Start off with Penn state, some things that they've got working for them, some things that um, are kind of maybe below average or their weakest points. And then uh, maybe go into how Michigan might be able to capitalize on some of those things. Let's start with uh, Penn State's strengths to look for um, that high uh, tempo that uh, Michigan somehow struggles with at time to time um, with. So look for that. No, the, no huddle. So Michigan players have got to be conditioned and ready for that because when you're in the no huddle and you want to like you want to substitute, you better learn how to substitute quickly. So and you got to get those guys in and out fast so uh obviously the run the running back is really good so we got to be careful but yeah the middle of the field got to be careful of that and that's what their strengths are their weakness their offensive line is not very good you know they can't block very well um get a good running back and they're not utilizing him very well and the fact is what they're not good at is they 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 started a new scheme and the new scheme is going to just take a while to develop. It's much like Michigan did when we try to go to the spread, and that's their weakness. And yeah, that's they got a good defense, good, good, and their you know, strength is obviously their passing defense is really, really good. So Michigan's is, um, I would say, obviously our special teams has been really, really good. <laughs> We've got Peppers, who's all over the place. Uh, and our defensive line uh, is really, really good. It pressures the quarterback constantly. They do such a good job. I'd like to see Gary in there more because the guy brings a lot of life to the game, and he is just stoked every time he makes a sack or uh, pressures a quarterback, and I love it. Um, uh, and obviously our receivers are really good. Um, that's one of our biggest strengths in just getting them the ball. So there you go. So where do you see Michigan capitalizing the most, be it on 
Do you, is there going to be more success for Michigan defensively or offensively, and uh, where specifically in that? Yeah, I see defense. I think they're going to. I think they're going to motor over them, but uh, I think this game's just going to be a little bit different. I think because of the very fact that Penn State's missing those linebackers, I think we're going to have very better success running the ball this time so, than last week. So uh, I think we're going to expose that. <laughs> yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. I mean, there's a lot of things just kind of working against Penn State um, into this one. They're, they're not having uh, high levels of success this year. Their linebackers are banged up like you were just discussing. They've got young quarterback and young running back. They definitely have some experience on the team uh, in different places. And I actually, I think I saw, I think it was Franklin that maybe pointed it out, that they don't have a lot of senior leadership. Yeah. I think Michigan might uh, have doubled the amount of their seniors or something like that. Okay. Whether that's, that's just an FYI or if that might be kind of coming up with excuses or whatever, either way. Michigan is very well experienced. Uh, they've got a lot going for them. You said defense was good. Special teams has really kind of been lights out. Um, so I, I'm i with you with all uh, everything you're saying. I, I'm thinking that defense is going to be the highlight, like you were saying, though, because our defense has been on top of it, and Penn State has not been that successful, like we said, with third down conversions, and then they've had terrible turnovers. And I think this is just going to create havoc for Penn State. So I think that there's going to be a lot of defensive highlights and a lot of good defensive stats uh, for yeah. this game for Michigan. So Yeah, look for Penn State. I mean, they're going to try to expose and look for Colorado. They're going to take what Colorado did and say, hey, you know what? I don't think their secondary is very good. You know, obviously we're going to have Lewis back, uh, for, like you said, for how long? I don't know, but um, maybe they'll just say, "Hey, you know what? They're exposed. We got even better receivers than Colorado does." And you know, we'll see if Godwin can burn our cor- corners, but uh, those guys are going to have to step up. So, and I know that's a question mark that everybody had that our secondary isn't as good as we thought they were. Um, but um, you know, those guys are juniors and seniors; they should be doing better. But uh, I think they will. I think they're going to do much, much better. Yeah. Well, okay. We're bringing back by popular demand. We're nah. keeping for now. Lock it or dump it. Yes. <laughs> Something for you to get excited about, Craig. Get uh, that dump sound going. Yeah. Our lock it or dump it segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our second week running, and so I've got a couple questions here for us to go through about this Saturday's game against Penn State. So here we go. First one, will Penn State score more than 17 points? And just for an FYI, Michigan has been averaging just letting 15 points per per game be scored by their opponents. Mm -hmm. And again, to reiterate from before, Penn State is averaging about 35 points a game. Mm Mm-hmm. So with the defense that we've been talking about so much this episode, will Penn State be able to score more than 17 points? Gosh, that's a tough one, man. I'm going to say dump it. All right, dump it. You don't think that they're going to score more than 17 points? No. I am... I'm going to dump it, too. I think that... um, 
I think that the uh, like we said, defense is just going to be great for us this weekend. So, moving on right to the next one, then we will have a running back with more than 100 yards in this game versus Penn State. Lock it. Oh snap. <laughs> Okay, uh, man, this is uh, this is tough for me because I'm I'm feeling that like like we were saying, I agree with you. Uh, we're gonna have more success running, but I'm just wondering if it's gonna be more evenly distributed. Yeah, and you're talking share. Yeah, the committee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I am actually going to I'm gonna lock it. Okay. I'm gonna go with it. I I, I feel like. They're gonna have somebody who's gonna find somebody's gonna probably bust open, have a huge gain, and then uh, just kind of like slowly wear it down. I think somebody will break 100. I mean, Davion Smith last week had 80, 80 some yards rushing, so yeah, yeah, just wear him down like he did, uh, or just the way we blocked against the Florida game, yeah, that where they just keep riding him. And I think that I think Harbaugh prefers that i think when the running game is successful he prefers using the running game to tire out a defense and to slowly grind it down and um, use it whenever he can so then last one will there be a non-offensive touchdown for michigan in this game so special teams or defensive touchdown yes lock it lock it i'm going with that four fumbles man for the how many have they had? Uh, they had six. Six. Yeah, six. Two interceptions and six fumbles so far. Yeah, six lost fumbles. Right. They've had more fumbles than that, but six of them were lost. Yeah. Um, man, gosh. I, I hate um, kind of us uh, doing the same thing and everything, but I'm I'm actually going to go ahead and lock that one too. So we're both going with the same thing for all of them. I am just... <laughs> No dumps. Wait, no. We, we had one dump. Yeah. No, well, yeah, the first one was uh, a dump. Okay. Penn State scored more than 17 points. Yeah. Yeah, so we both dumped that one. We both locked in then that there will be a running back with more than 100 yards, and there will be a non-offensive touchdown for Michigan. Okay. All yeah. right. That was it. That was our lock it or dump it dump segment. It section. All right. Dump it. All right. So then to actually uh, get into the other Big Ten games for the week, our list is going to be getting shorter now because we're in Big Ten play, so we don't have like 14 games to mention. But before we go through the whole list of games, we will mention the Big Ten game of the week, and it's actually kind of a big one for lots of different reasons. It's going to be number 11, Wisconsin, going to number 8, Michigan State. That is a big game to watch. That is a very big game to watch. And and it's a noon game. Yeah. So you, uh, if you're not, well, even if you're going to the game, maybe if you're tailgating or doing something like that, you can enjoy watching that game before the Michigan game starts at 3.30. So that one is a close contest with um, Michigan State only being favored by five and a half points. Yeah. Um, But come on, Badgers, do something. Yeah, the, part of the reason why that being so big, we talked about last week, if Wisconsin winds up winning, they are in the top 10 no matter what. I mean, even if they just move up one spot, it'll put them in 10. But if they're beating a top 8 opponent, they're they're in the top 10. And so if Michigan beats Penn State, and I don't even care if it's a close game, if right. Michigan beats Penn State, they'll at least be in the top 5. So 
the following week you would have a top 10 matchup between Wisconsin and Michigan, a possible game day location in Ann Arbor. So it'll be kind of interesting to see, to see how that happens. If wins, then I'll look like a genius. You could wind up looking like a genius, but don't don't get too crazy because <laughs> not if, yet. If they start, if they lose one and it starts, yeah. uh, you know, falling apart from then, you never know. <laughs> exactly. But they do have they have a really tough schedule because it's right. Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and then they play Nebraska and Iowa. I don't know if it's in that order specifically, but I know it's Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio. State. Those five games, they. Wisconsin Ooh. has the toughest schedule in the Big Ten this yeah, year. It's brutal. And even yeah. Paul Feinbaum said Big Ten this year is much better conference than SEC. I don't know if you saw that. I might have to record that. Yeah. I, back. yeah. So, yeah, that's a yeah. first. He probably got paid to say that or yeah. something. Yeah. But he's he's still bum. But well, okay. That that's the first game to mention for the weekend game, uh, the Big Ten game of the weekend to watch. Uh, Purdue is actually playing a non-conference game against Nevada. Purdue being a six-point favorite. Iowa and Rutgers are um, facing off against each other. Iowa at Rutgers, thirteen-point favorite. Colorado State, another non-conference game, is going to Minnesota. Minnesota is being put at a sixteen and a half-point favorite. Those are all the noon games. Then we get into 3.30, and Indiana's playing a non-conference game against Wake Forest and is a 7.5-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Then Nebraska, we're getting into the night game where it's Nebraska at Northwestern. That's number 20, Nebraska at Northwestern is a, only a 7-point favorite. That's it? Yeah. Holy cow. No way, man. North, Nebraska's got it going, man. They're doing yeah. good. I have a feeling that might be somebody's uh, game lock this week. Uh, and then, of course, last of all, the Michigan game, number four, or Penn State at number four, Michigan. Michigan is a 15.5-point favorite against Penn State, and the over-under for that game is 59.5. So before we do the final prediction for the Michigan uh, and Penn State game, we both have to lock in a game. Uh, so, Craig, your lock game for this week. Is... Nebraska over Northwestern. Yeah. Nebraska covering the seven-point spread over Northwestern. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty solid one right there. I, I was really kind of wanting that one, but <laughs> I will be forced to go elsewhere then. I'm staying away from Wisconsin-Michigan State because I just feel like that one's really really a tough one to call. Pick the I, same. No, no, I won't do it. And we're getting along this episode really well. We're agreeing a lot. Yeah, no, I, I'm. It's. I know it's making you sick. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's making me sick. It's making me a little worried that I might be losing my edge. <laughs> but uh, I'll actually go ahead and take the Iowa Rutgers game. Mm, nice. I think I think Iowa is going. Yeah, I think Iowa's going to be pissed, and it's even though it's at Rutgers, Iowa's only a thirteen point favorite. So I'm gonna say that Iowa's going to go on the road and win by at least two touchdowns. Nice. That was my other one. That was a good one. Yeah. I'm liking some of the other other ones are kind of enticing, except for really the Purdue. I have no faith that they always scare me. But then Wisconsin, Michigan State, that one really, that that one will be a good game to watch. I'm I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, I'm staying away from picking that one. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to. Do, and you have you didn't have luck with Wisconsin last time either. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I was terrible with that. Way yeah. up. 
So that wraps up the other conference games this week. So that brings us to the finale, the final predictions, the big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. Of uh, predictions with number four Michigan hosting Penn State. And like we said, 15 and a half point favorite. They're not doing that celebrating Joe Pa thing, are they? No, they, well, no, they already yeah. did that. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. and then over under 59 and a half. I think you may have gone first last time. Yeah. So I am going to go ahead. I will say Michigan scores 45 points and Penn State scores 10 points. Wow. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah, I almost went with nine, but I'm, I'm going to give them, you know, Michigan's still been giving up some big plays, had a little some shaky stuff. So I, I see a touchdown getting somewhere in there. So I'm going to go 45-10. Okay. Michigan. That would definitely put me covering the spread, mm-hmm. but then that would put me under the over-under. So, right. Craig, thoughts? All right. I am picking Michigan to win. Win big. I'm picking them to win 42-17, to 17, right at that 17 mark. Lock it or dump it. So I think they'll get 17 out of this. All right, so man, you know we're we're always kind of thinking along the same lines, pretty similar, pretty close. Um, yep, haven't covered spread. Yeah, yep. So and then you've got you are actually going to forty-two. Oh, you are still under two. So actually, we are we're both going with it. Man, we have so many similar things. The only thing that we have different this week that we're going to be able to split the difference or have a difference on is our game locks. Everything else is the same because we've got, we're both going under, right? And we're both going covering the spread. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> kind of a boring week for predictions here, but yeah. But at least people can know that we're not rigging things so that we always have things different. <laughs> uh, later on in the season, if it's if it's a tight race and I'm somebody's behind, uh, we might have to take risks and try to. Uh, catch up or something like that but right now we're both just going with our gut and um yeah another matchup for michigan coming up this weekend yeah exciting can't wait yes see, and- see peppers all over man he, he's stirring news man the rivals are stirring that guy up man i wouldn't get mad i wouldn't get peppers all pissy man that guy's he'll hit you harder man yeah he's getting pumped for the uh ohio game that's for he's sure he's not just tackling he's just like pummeling you yeah. <laughs> so you, know, you watch it out there you know rival teams watch it peppers is coming yeah he's playing angry and he's making a big difference too made a big yeah. difference last week so we'll ha- see how that turns out this week so with that that kind of wraps up the talk we'll be uh transitioning into our closing thoughts then here in just a minute Okay, all right. Well, uh, to wrap things up here a little bit, definitely want to do a little reminder and mention our Caption of the Week contest. Uh, We've got two winners, great captions so far. We have our image this week. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, Tom Brady and Harbaugh having a good laugh at the big house, and we've had some creative captions so far. Uh, Not as much participation as I think with, um, 
with how things have been rolling, but great opportunities there. You guys should definitely check it out because the weekly winners will be entered into a drawing for the prize at the end of the season, so you guys don't want to miss out on that. It's a cool caption. I like that. I want to enter. Well, like I said, you can enter, yeah. but you might be stealing somebody's idea, and you won't be entered in the drawing, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but... that's right. Steal someone's thunder. I don't want that. Yeah. Well, and then actually, I mean, I pointed out to you too, we've got I'm going to say they're stealing our, our idea, but I know they're not because it's not like they fall. But we have uh, some Big Ten people copying our idea, basically. Yeah. I showed you that, that link. It was like two hours after I posted our caption image of the week. Uh, somebody from the – I'm pretty sure it was Big Ten. Somebody with a verified account. Right. Anyways, in college football, uh, tweeted out the almost the exact same picture – and ask people to put a caption to it. Oh, jeez. What if it like? What if the caption is by some rival team? Um, then, drawing? then I won't even read it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, we don't really have a, a way to uh, filter that, I guess. But Imagine if Ohio guy wins, <laughs> if it's obvious, I'm probably not going to include it. To be completely honest, because this is a Michigan fan. No, yeah, this is this is for the Michigan fans and everything. Yeah, we'll do so, our homework, man. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll we'll check it out and everything. But so far, things have gone gone well with it. So don't miss out on that. But yeah, things going well. We've got the Facebook group, the Blue Network, everything Michigan football. We've got the website going. We've got uh, we're putting more content up on our website. Uh, also, Eagle Eye Radio has been a big hit. People have been talking about it. If you don't know about Eagle Eye Radio, that's the one where. You can hear our shows and the Blueprint shows. That's with uh, Rashawn Reeves and your boy Zeke. Uh, they yep. both work there uh, with those shows, and they do stuff at the every home game. They've been at uh, one or both of them, or at least one of them have been at the home game. So I encourage you to go check that out. Things happening with the Blue Network all the time. And, yeah, we always appreciate you guys tuning in. We open things up for you guys to comment and discuss. I know that we do a lot of talking on uh, social media with people, especially in Facebook and uh, Twitter, but the voicemail is always open. The number is on our website. If you guys want to call, leave a message, uh, tell us what you're thinking about the game. Uh, we're going to be opening, uh, we've opened it up for predictions. If people want to call before Tuesday nights to give their predictions for games, we'll be glad to share them uh, on the show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, let us know what you think about um, what do you think about this game coming up. You know, we always like to get uh, differing opinions and things we haven't thought about, you know, that we didn't discuss. That would be always cool to read them. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to, you know, I want to give their Twitter away, but somebody said um, that they love the show and that um, they made the comment that they're really glad that we're a show or a podcast that doesn't drink drink the blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> so, and I said, well, you know, thanks, but, you know, we don't. We're not bound to any uh, university. We're not as far as, you know, nobody tells us what to do. We're just two guys kind of saying what the fans feel. And we're not um, – nobody can tell us not to stop either. But we say we want to. We say we want. We say we, we're the voice of you people, man. We really are. We are the voice of – a lot of social media, what people think that they can't say, and we're just trying to be the voice of them. Um, so we're not bound to any 
place. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think that's what they like about us. Yeah. Well, we say what we want to, and nobody's telling us what to do. Just like you said, and just like, just go over to the producer and put your finger in his face and say, screw you. Yeah. We'll say what we want. And so, and if they want to fire us, they can fire us. I'm, I'm giving our producer full full authority that if they want to fire us after this episode, yeah. they can feel free to. So, yeah, you 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 have a producer. Some, yeah, she lives with you. I have a producer. She lives with me. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would put the label as producer, <laughs> but she certainly tells us me what to do. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point right there. So, but yeah, another uh, exciting game, uh, weekend of football to look forward to as the Big Ten play opens. Uh, Craig and I are both excited. Wolverine Nation is excited. Blue Network Nation is excited. Things are going great. We're going to be looking forward to it. uh, Just an FYI, uh, we will not be at this game, but uh, in the future, we will be back down there doing some things with the show and everything. So, uh, if you do get to go, enjoy it. Hopefully, weather's good for it and everything and we thank you guys for tuning in Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week and we'll finish things off with Go Blue Go Blue